Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I'm so pleased that you can join me this evening. Um, my guest today is a very special guest, Heather Ashby. Heather Ashby is a Navy vet- veteran who writes military romance. Heather donates half of her royalties to support wounded warriors and their families. Heather's new release is titled Forgive and Forget. So good evening, Heather. Thanks so much for joining us on Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm so pleased you could join us. Thank you for inviting me, Bernadette. Um, So first I want to talk about what inspired you to write military romance. Why did you choose this genre? Well, first of all, I I am a military vet, but um, this is a little bit of a long story, but I think it's a good one. my son joined the Army pre-9-11, and he had no idea he'd be searching caves for Taliban on his 21st birthday or be with the initial invasion forces into Baghdad on his 22nd. These were some of the scariest years of my life. And um, something that helped me get through was reading military romance novels. And as I was reading, um, reading them, and, and I knew they'd have a happy ending, of course, and I'm reading them in the muses started whispering in my ear. I've always kind of been a writer, journals and things. And the muses said, you're a writer, you're a military veteran, you could try writing this genre. Well, I kind of put the thought aside, but um, my son did come home safe and whole from both tours of combat, which was a super blessing. And when I looked for ways to show my gratitude, I decided to write those books I'd thought about, and um, they would sort of be my gift back to the military. And then um, they came to pass, and I'm writing them, and then I'm, I am donating half of, um, of my profits from Forgive and Forget to uh, Fisher House, which supports military families at military hospitals. And this is my Thanksgiving for getting my son back. Wow. Well, that is some story. That really is. And I, I can't even imagine what it was like to, to see your 21-year-old son go off and do this. And especially since, you know, although you you had experience in the military, I think, it, you know, nine, after what happened with 9-11, it's probably so exactly. unexpected. Exactly. And, my, and, my husband is a, is a veteran also, and between the two of us, we have 40 years Navy experience, but none of it prepared us to send our child. It was a whole yeah. different ballgame. So, um, oh. so I am very thankful. And, and um, for writing these books, is my is my gift. Mhm. Mhm. And so you were in the navy. Was your husband in the navy as well, or? Yes. Yes, we met in the navy. You met in the navy. Oh wow! So you know military romance firsthand. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. Actually, I, I really kind of do because the premise of this first book is um, um, about an enlisted sailor that falls in love with a commissioned officer. And that's not really supposed to be done in the military. You see, it's kind of against the rules. And that's kind of what happened to us some years ago. So, uh, yeah, I do have a little personal experience here. But we haven't gotten caught yet. We're going on 37 years of marriage. <laughs> okay. were, you, were you the officer and he was the enlisted one? No, no, no. no. I was the enlisted one. I was the enlisted one, yes. Oh, wow. That's so funny. Now, what inspired you to join the Navy? The Navy? Or was, do you come from a military family yourself? Or? Um, I do, and yet I don't. Both my parents served during World War II. Kind of cool that my mother was one of the original waves in the Navy in World War II, and yet she told stories about it my whole life, and I never really listened. 
And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, when I was uh, 21, I had I'd finished two years of college and could not afford to continue, and I went, hmm, let's look at the military. And all of a sudden, I started listening to her, and um, the Navy was an awesome way for me to um, get out on my own and uh, finish my education and um, mm-hmm. definitely see the world, too. So it worked out great, and I met my husband, which was wonderful. Yeah, which is a total bonus. And your husband and your and your son served as well and and survived really yes. a horrific time. Um yes. and and was unscathed, you know, physically unscathed. So that's that's just an amazing story as well. Now, can you tell me a little bit about um about your marketing? You have such a a, a niche market and um do you do you target um directly to to the military and or are you taking a more broad approach? Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your promotion activities. Well, I'm actually targeting both military and civilian readers. I love I, I write for both. I, I'm very careful in my writing to um use military terms and things so that a civilian reader can understand what's going on. And um I have been thrilled by the, the um response I've gotten from civilian readers saying, wow, I felt like I vicariously joined the Navy and I learned so much. And um, But I am also um, targeting, you know, in my promotions, for instance, I spent today down at the Navy base down the road um, passing out flyers for my launch party, which um, occurs in two weeks. And um, so I do stay connected with the local military and and try to get them to spread the word because, I really think that once these books get out to sea, that um, they're they're just going to spread like wildfire. That they're they're going to be like word of mouth, spreading the word around the ship. Hey, I just read this great book, and and here you can get it on Amazon or whatever. And I also write kind of for um, men and women. A lot of my um, military advisors are male, and so they've given me some very good input for um, my male POV point of mm-hmm. view. And um, especially if they're for the males who were held as a captive audience for six months at a time at sea, um, that um, I think they'll enjoy it too. I do have, um, I do have, um, I I use um, Market or Die. Jennifer Fusco was nice enough to set up this booking, which was wonderful. Um, I will be promoting at Romance Writers of America National Conference. I'm leaving tomorrow for the rest of the week in Atlanta, which will be exciting. And I also have a um, uh, someone at my author concierge, Maria Connor, who does all my legwork for me. I'm over 50, so everything technological is, mm, all this social networking they're talking about, um, I'm not quite totally sure about all of it. But she does everything for me, from my website to my press releases to blogs and and book signings and launch parties and that kind of thing. But I personally really like the idea of old-fashioned promotions, um, meeting one reader at a time. Sometimes that Mm -hmm. sounds crazy in today's technological social networking world, but um, here's a little story. So I've invested in these striped French sailor tops, every color that you can imagine, and I found this really cool, distinct anchor pin that I wear on them whenever I go out. It never fails. Post office, grocery store, airports, all over the country, somebody engages me in conversation over the anchor pin. It may be a Navy veteran or a spouse or someone who simply says, um, I like your pin or you're looking nautical today. I end up striking up a conversation with them. I get to know them a bit. And somewhere in there I share my books and my cause. 
And um, I love the idea of meeting my readers one reader at a time. And if my likes don't go up that day on Facebook or my sales records remain the same, it gives me a great feeling to know that I connected with that one person that day who appreciates what I'm doing for our troops, who maybe shared their love of the Navy with me, and, and hopefully who will enjoy my books and pass the word, as we say in the Navy. So despite mm-hmm. all the social networking, I still believe that more books are discovered by word of mouth. One is write a good book, oh. and two, word of mouth. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. You know, I, I think there's so much pressure on writers today to, to be LinkedIn, you know, to, to be be on Facebook, to be on Twitter, you know, to be all of the have a have a blog, don't have a blog. I mean there's there's so much advice out there and so many writers and there's so many writers now, especially with self publishing coming right. so right. And when so do these people have time noise. to write? I don't know. <laughs> well no I I think there's so much noise out there that you know, yes, I think you do have to have a presence online, but I I, I don't discount the the one-on-one um, connection that you can make. And if there's a way that you found to do that, you know, mm-hmm. more power to you. And it's not like you're ignoring the online line side. Right. I, it sounds right. like you're just focusing on your own strengths. And I think that's what every writer has to do: pick something that you're good at, that speaks to you, and you know, to the extent that you can maybe outsource or or don't focus on everything because you can't be everywhere all you the can't. time. You know, you can't. and still write and still have life. You know, that's exactly impossible. Or maybe exactly. there are people who can do it, but I certainly can't do it. So, no, I can't. No. Um, it, it sounds like you have a really, uh, you know, a, a good plan. And now you've been writing. You said for how long? For four four years or so. Um, fiction, I've been writing a little over uh, three years, yes. I started this first book in January of 2010, so um, um, about three and a half years, fiction. Mm-hmm. I didn't know mm-hmm. I could write fiction, and it was so cool, and I found out that I kind of could. <laughs> well, you know what, I think uh, I, I think it sometimes comes to you when you're ready. You know, There are some people who start off when they're young. I didn't start writing until I was over 40, and I, you know, I... In some ways, I regret that I didn't start earlier, but I also feel like, you know, I'm, I don't know that I'd be writing stuff, the same kind of stuff today as I did, you know, 10 years ago. I think if I had st- tried writing in my 20s or early 30s, I would have written, you know, chiclet books. I was with, just going to say, you would have been writing chiclet. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And, I, you know, for me, I feel like I had to, to live a little and to, to experience some some bad parts of my life, some pain, and exactly. now I can really put that into my characters, and I, and I think my characters are deeper for it, and my yes. and my plot lines are certainly much different than if, like I said, if I was in my twenties or thirties and and writing about going to Club Med, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> Which, yes. It would have just been something different, but right. um, I think the muse strikes you when it strikes you, and exactly. And so, did you? You're a member of RWA. Do you belong to a local chapter? Is that how you yes. kind of learn? How to write? Um, How to write? No, I think I just learned it from reading. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the best preparation. Yeah, I think I learned it from reading. And then, yes, you're right. There are there are often some workshops and things. Every single workshop I think I ever go to, you pick up at least one tip. Even ones you go to and you go, wait a second, I picked the wrong one. I should have gone to. Everything you go to, you pick up one little tip. Something that furthers, that betters, you know, that helps you grow in your writing. I definitely mm-hmm. think so. 
and I can mm-hmm. see it in. Well, I'm working I, on, I'm working I think on you books. Do that you have an open mind. Okay. And I can see the difference between book one and book three and how much I've grown, absolutely. Yes. And and some of that is from, yes, from different things through the chapter and um, through going to RWA Nationals and some just some really good speakers. But a lot of it's also just from from reading, the kind of books that, that you know, are similar. And and just by doing. I think writing is also something you learn by doing. And And I had exactly the same experience. I look back at my first book, which was Gold Coast Wives, which actually was a very chick-litty kind of fluffy book. And I compare that to my, my last book, which was The Devil and Witch that's coming out in September. Nice. And it's night and day. And it's not that Gold Coast Wives is wrong or it's bad. No, it's it's a good book, but it's I, I really I feel like I did progress as a writer. I yeah. could dig into some deeper themes that I could not have handled with my first outing. You know what I mean? I needed right. to kind of deal with the lighter side of life first, right. and, and learned you know how to structure a book, how to you know pick a POV, um, you know right. how how not to how to show and not and not tell. You know, right? And, exactly. And, and, you know, I spent probably. The longest amount of time writing my first book, I spent a good. Oh, years. of course. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I've rewritten and it ten times over because of all the things I learned. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, I think you all. I always. I think I'll always have a little soft spot in my heart for Gold Coast Wives. I don't think right. I'll ever be ashamed of it, but right. um, but I do see how I've progressed, and and also I think you you continue living right, and your own experiences infuse your fiction. Exactly. So. Exactly, yeah. yes. But yeah. I think what was really important that you said was looking, you know, keeping an open mind. And like you said, all right, maybe you signed up for a conference. It wasn't It wasn't great. It wasn't the best. It wasn't exactly what you expected. But you kept an open mind. You pick up something. And, that, and, and that's how you progress as a writer. You know what I mean? If you think you right. know it all, then your writing will, will be stagnant, I think. Exactly. I think. Exactly, yes. Now, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the research. You touched on it a little bit, and you obviously have experience, you know, being a military person. But um, maybe you could tell us about your research process and how you avoided putting too much information in your books. Because even though these are military romances, at heart they're still romances. And so where's the right. line, you know? Right, right. Well, my editor is very good about um, you know, if she sees something where it's this is too much or whatever, she she gets me to cut it or bring it down. Um, actually, my research has been awesome. The Navy has been phenomenally helpful in that um, um, when I contacted some people at the local Navy base, the answers I got from so many um, commanders was, we will help you in any way we can because we are thrilled that you are taking the time to show what our men and women are doing to make the world a safer place. And I went, wow, because first of all, I'm writing about everyday people. I'm not writing about Navy SEALs. I'm not writing about F-18 Super Hornet pilots. I don't write super alpha heroes. Um, I I don't write stereotypical uh, kind of military romantic suspense. I write it just about real, genuine people. And, um, for instance, we have a a major helicopter base here right close to us. And I went, so why would I write about a jet pilot when I have this wonderful helicopter base here? So I went down and I asked some questions, and um, they said, we'd be thrilled to help you if you're going you're gonna to write about our helo pilots and what they do. I went, yeah, if you'll help me. They took me through the flight simulator. Oh, my gosh, it was one of the most exciting days of my life. It was very cool. 
they assigned me a pilot to answer all my questions. He's been transferred, and he still is online answering my questions whenever I have them. Uh, I've bumped into several other. I just talk to people all the time. I go in the exchange, maybe exchange, and I'll go into the uniform part, and I just start talking to people. And they, they love to tell me their stories. They love to help me with the research. It's been it's been wonderful. But they all say the same thing. You know, we love that you're going to share. Now, I'm telling a love story here, but the background around these characters, my focus is a love story, not the suspense. But the background around them tells the reader, you're going, wow, I didn't know the living conditions were like that for, for men and women on an aircraft carrier. Wow, that woman's got 50 cubic feet of personal space for six months. Wow. You know, but the story's about her, but, but the details around them share what life is like on an aircraft carrier, if you know what I mean. So um, so my research has been, I just ask a lot of questions. Um, I do better with people than online stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I ask, people People are all ready to tell you their, what we call sea stories. They love to share what they did in the Navy or whatever. So um, I have just found a whole slew of, of wonderful um, resources to answer my questions. I just got some questions back this morning from, from a pilot in Japan, and I said, um, you still didn't tell me what the, what the windows are made out of on the helicopter, you know, and I get plexiglass. I went, thank you. So um, I just asked a lot of questions. Now, do you think people are more open to answering your questions because they feel that you're one of their own as opposed to an, a complete outsider who maybe they'd be afraid would paint the military in a negative light? Um, it could be. I'm not sure, but I do have several colleagues that um, in, in various RWA chapters who write military romance who are civilians who've never been in the military, and they have a wonderful rapport also with um, mm-hmm. some of their special forces guys. And um, I think it, you know, it just comes down to, to trust. You get to know the people a little bit. And, mm-hmm. um, and actually, that is another reason I'm writing. I do like painting the Navy in a positive light. That when people read my books, it says good things about the Navy and about our local base, which I write about fictional ships and squadrons out of this particular base. But um, um, I always paint you know, a positive picture because the Navy's been very, very, very good to my husband and me over the years. And the military has been very good to our family. So um, I, I do like to, you know, ensure that um, I'm saying good things about them. Right, right. Now, in terms of military romance, because I, you know, to be quite honest, before um, before I, I was contacted about this interview, I hadn't really thought about that as a subgenre of romance, although there's so many jo- subgenres out there. It's hard to keep track of them all. Right, but maybe right. you can tell us a, a little bit about, you know, how you found your publisher and what other publishers that you know of that focus on this genre. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I don't write typical military romance for starters. So mm-hmm. um, I really don't. Like I said, I don't have, like, super, super alpha um, male Navy SEALs and whatever. Um write about you know regular people um i did have some trouble getting getting a publisher for a while and interestingly my my publisher henry press that signed me um it it had nothing to do with the military romance as a matter of fact they don't typically even take romance they take mystery and she said there's enough good suspense and mystery in this that we you know we're, we're calling it a mystery um it was actually all about my writer's voice 
which which I love being told. She said, you know, your voice had me at the first line, and I wanted to read this book, and then I wanted to read the whole series. So um, typical romance is pretty, military romance is usually considered romantic suspense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of the big names in, in military romance, it's romantic suspense. I mean, I have bad guys, but here's the difference. Somebody explained it to me. Romantic suspense is 50% romance and 50% uh, suspense, and I don't really care to read those as much as I like a really good love story. I like a really, really good love story. I like it set in the military, though, and um, so I like one that's like 75% love story and 25% suspense, just enough that there's a, a major external conflict, just enough that it keeps our hero and heroine apart. Just enough that it, or it, or it does something to keep their relationship from, from uh, growing, um, you know. And obviously, it's going to come to to a climax at the end, and the bad guys are going to surface or whatever. But um, um, so that's why I say I don't. I don't think I write typical military romance because I don't really care about the ballistics reports, and I don't care about a lot of the suspenseful details and the the hardware and that kind of stuff. I want a really good love story. Mhm. Mhm. Well, it's so hard with all the different subgenres to to say exactly where you fit. You know what I mean? I I think a lot of people I I know from my own books. I you know, I call them paranormal romance, but then some people think it's more like horror and, you know, right. if I had to say the percentage of romance, I'd say, you know, there's probably 60 to 70% other stuff happening and maybe 30-40% of romance. Right. But right. you know, that switches from book to book as well and and it's you know, it's hard to, to sit within those those parameters. Right. Actually, I but found... It's, for, but it's for, nice when a publisher will, when you find yeah. a publisher, will let you be a little outside the box, you know, yes, and, and yes. care about Well, I story. found for, for contests, I, I switched to, I entered my contest in um, Contemporary Single Title, and then my, my books did great. When, mm-hmm. when I had them in Romantic Suspense, people kept saying, there isn't enough suspense in this story. So I went, wait a second, maybe these aren't suspense, maybe it's... Contemporary single title. So, and they've done, they did really well in that, in that category. So, that's I call it contemporary single title, or almost even mainstream. Because as I said, I kind of write for, um, I I have male readers too, so I, I don't necessarily. Well, that's an accomplishment. It, <laughs> it is. Well, I got to tell you one line that was great. I had this one very super macho, um, alpha male helicopter pilot um, read my manuscript about my helo pilot and i'm thinking oh my gosh he's gonna he's i'm gonna cringe when he gives me the results and he comes back and he says this is really good you need some help with the uh, helicopter scenes but i'll I'll be glad to you know talk to you about that he goes but it was pretty good he goes actually though there was one line toward the end that was a little cheesy and i looked at him and i said you read my romance novel and you found one line that was cheesy that's all (laughs) i said i take that as the ultimate compliment so I mean, I thought that was great, you know. So I, I really do like writing guys, writing male point of view. I really right. enjoy now, so that. Do you, do you um, write from the first person or the third person? How do you? Where do you? I, I write. Um, I picked this up from from reading from devouring Suzanne Brockman books, Deep Third Point of View, where mm-hmm. I get into my characters are. It's from it's third person point of view, but it's it's a cross between first and third, where you're actually in their brain. And mm-hmm. you are sensing everything. I'm sure you, you know what, you know, and the listeners 
Um, it's just more than, than a straight-out third-person point of view because you really are in their brain. You're feeling their visceral reactions and emotions. I, once I discovered that, I went, you mean I can write this way? Um, you know, I just I grew up with very strict English rules and, and prep school and, and, and classics, and this is how you do things. And I went, oh, my gosh, there's no rules. I love it. Yeah, no, I well, I write only in the first person, and oh, nice. again, I think it, it it gets me closer to the character. It makes it more immediate to me. I, you know, I because I'm a lawyer by training, and and when I first started writing, I really fought against my legal background because my first right. few drafts, um, my first few chapters that I tried for Gold Coast Wives, it, it sounded like a contract exactly. <laughs> because I was trying right. to write right. third person, and I right. I felt like I too removed you know what i mean yeah, it was, and, i know and what you mean that legalese is my comfort zone so that's where right, i reverted right. to and so actually what back i needed to, quest- to do oh, sorry go ahead yeah i'm sorry so what i needed to do was really jump into the character's head and for me first yes. person is much yes. easier to do yes you said something earlier about um using the military too much or being a too technical it's what i thought of when you said the the legal um sometimes i get information back from from my resources and and i read it and it makes my eyes water cross you know i'm like no that's a little technical there we're going to soften that up and you know so they give me the information and mm-hmm. then i take it and and soften it for basically for a civilian read how a civilian female reader would would take it you know right. i look, well, try to look at it through important. her eyes yeah right because i i mean i that's that was one of my issues as well was you know my i my first two books of course Right, what you know, my my characters were female lawyers, and my first book, one of the comments from one of the contests was, you know, I, I say this with love, but no one really cares about your summer associate experience working at a big law firm in New York. Exactly, you know? yeah. yeah. No one cares yeah. about this. That's not what your story is about. What is your right. story about? The relationship between this man and this woman. Focus right. on that. And exactly. so it, it really, again, with experience, I think that's how you can cull all the extraneous information. And sometimes you need to know that information right, to kind of right. use your characters and use yeah. you know, certain terminology. Well, I, I have, I have really been pleased with um, reviews from civilian readers because uh, when they come back and say, I mean, I asked a few people to read them to give me author blurbs, so they were going to read it. It's not like they went out and picked it up and chose to read it. And they came back with, wow, this was really good. I thought it was going to be like, you know, I'll shoot them up and militaristic and whatever. And they were like, this is like a regular love story. And I learned a lot about the Navy. One had the great line. She said, the only thing I knew about Navy when I picked up your book was that it, that it was a dark blue color. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, I learned so much. But I didn't realize I was learning it. I was just, it was just all there while I was reading this love story. So that, right. that's my well, that's goal. The, that's the best compliment, right? Yeah. That now, it, maybe it you could tell us, uh, we're running a little bit out of time, but maybe okay. you can give us a sense of how steamy your books are. Uh-huh. Well, they're not Fifty Shades of Navy Blue and Gold, but they're not <laughs> Snow White either. Okay? Bottom line is, I really like to read and write love, love scenes. And I expect mm-hmm. a certain amount in the romances I read, and I'm very disappointed when the author sort of glosses over love scenes. I say go big or go home. You know, I don't like those closed-door love scene things. I'd say on a scale of 1 to 5, with 5 being erotica, I'd probably write at a 3.5, stretching to a 4, now and then. And what I really love, also besides good love scenes, is, um, and I love to write these too, sexual tension. 
with good-natured bantering between my characters and flirting that builds up. I love that. Sometimes um, I find sexual tension is as good as flat-out love scenes. I think of my books as Goldilocks romance novels. Since they're not erotica, they're not too hot, but they're definitely not too cold, and I think they're just right. Well, it's <laughs> it sounds like you uh you've you've managed to find a balance and and in in a short period of time because my first book I have to admit Gold Coast Wives is yes. on a scale of 1 to 5 is like it, negative 10. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I had a really really hard time. But now like in my age. latest book is probably a 5 plus. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> no, it depends on the age too because there's, you know, see, you know, like my parents are no longer living. That makes a difference. <laughs> You're like, is my great aunt so and so going to read this? <laughs> my mom <laughs> reads all my books, but she reads crazy stuff, so I don't. I don't. Okay, mind. except that I have now. I have grown children. You know, it's it. Now I have grown children, and I don't expect them to read my books, but um, but they have been very supportive. Everybody's been very supportive of of this new career that mom has you know jumped into. So, um, but yeah, I like you know don't 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 tease me here. I, I want I want my love scenes in the books for sure. Right. Well, great. Well, maybe you can tell us where people can find you online, your your website, maybe your Twitter handle. Okay. Uh, my website is heatherashby.com, and um, my Twitter is um, at, uh, I could spell it out, but it goes like this. It says Hashby Author, H-A-S-H-B-Y Author. And I just read it hash by author. It's it's actually H H Ashby author, H Ashby author. And um, my Facebook is um, Heather Ashby author. Okay, well, great. Well, again, Heather, thank you so much for for joining me today. It was an absolute pleasure, and I've learned so much about military romance. So I'm, I'm certainly thank I, I you. Can't wait to read the book. And Good. Um, well, I, I hope that I can entice you to. I'm sorry, I hope that I can entice you to come back again sometime. Sounds um, wonderful. So thanks again so much. Um, before I sign off, just want to remind everyone about the Summer of Love contests. Um, we've had the first two drawings, and the last drawing, which is the Labor Day drawing, um, you can still enter. It's not too late. All you need to do to enter is either like the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page or follow the show on Blog Talk Radio. And to see all the beautiful covers um, of the books that are still available, go on Pinterest under Bernadette Walsh and then look on the Summer of Love boards. By liking or following, you will always be up to date with all of my shows and guests. Plus, you may win some really great prizes. And just want to remind everyone about my Devlin Legacy books. Books 2 and 3, Devil Shore and Devil's Daughter, have been reduced in price. They're now only $1.99, and uh, Devil's Mountain is $2.99. Very, very inexpensive. And if you hurry up and read all of those, you will be up to date for my release in September of the fourth and final book in the series, The Devil and Witch. So please check them all out. All the information about all of my books, including Gold Coast Wives and The House on Prospect, are all on my website, and that is www.bernadettewalsh.com. Dot com. Again, thanks everyone for joining me at Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. This is Bernadette Walsh, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>